We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Steven, and we just watched a football game. I think that's the the right way to start the show today. That was certainly something. Um, We'll dive into all of what just happened. Very fittingly ending on an Alex Erickson reception. Uh, Chargers win 6-0 to in a very rainy football game. Um, We'll have a lot of things to talk about, I think, potentially. Uh, joining me today that is my guy Tyler. Tyler, what is up, man? How are you doing today? You know, man, I got some laundry done, so that was cool. <laughs> that was that was definitely worth doing. Did I expect it to be a great shootout kind of game? No, I certainly did not. But that was still a snoozer. If you like defensive football, if you like good punting from J.K. Scott, and then a seventy-one yarder from their punter, hey, you got it. But. Uh, yeah, wasn't the most entertaining game, but they won. And congratulations on a defensive shutout. Yes, first defensive shutout since 2017, as you pointed out. So, uh, you know, we'll 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 dive into what exactly the defensive performance means. But you know, the Chargers are five and seven. Um, you and I talked yesterday about like the bar for how many points the offense needed to score. Um, we said it was 17 and turns out it was three it was two they could have gotten a safety and won this game so uh the Patriots offense and the Chargers offense is is quite a mess if you are a fan of Big Ten football that probably felt pretty familiar to you unless you're an Ohio State fan obviously 
Um, lots of great punting. J.K. Scott, man, like salute. Uh, amazing day of punting from him today. So mm-hmm. we'll have a lot of things to take away um, from that game. I don't think we're going to talk about like what this does from a win-loss standpoint. I think that ship has has sailed. As Alex pointed out, for those who are wondering, the Chargers playoff chances now sit at 6% instead of 2% if they had lost. So that's where they're at. (laughs) I think for me, um, this was a pretty damning performance from Kellen Moore and this offense in general today. Um, And and I wish we could start on some positive notes for sure, and we'll get to some of them. Um, But what this Chargers offense did today was, was pretty inexcusable. I mean, the Patriots have a good defense. It was rainy. I get that. But to have these kind of this kind of performance today is just, it, it, it was a pretty big indictment. Um, you know, you get six drops from the wide receivers and tight ends. I think four of them at least would have, you know, kept drives alive. Um, the Chargers ran the football uh, 24 times for 29 yards today. Uh, they averaged 1.2 yards per carry as a team in a game where you had to run the football. Again, it's rainy, all this stuff, but. Uh, 1.2 yards per carry is quite literally the worst I can recall off the top of my brain. So um, we'll talk about the defense and the things they did well. We'll talk about some of the things that that did well and, and other things. But this this Chargers run game is just a disaster. Uh, I mean, you get a turnover from Tuli to Ipoloto, and you get three straight runs. Inexcusable play calling from Kellen Moore. Granted, Justin Herbert did check into one of those runs. Um, you have a third and six situation and you're at midfield. You're potentially a few yards away from a Cameron Dicker field goal range. And you call an, a jet sweep to Austin Eckler and he's tackled immediately for a seven yard loss. Like this, this run game is a disaster. And for all the positivity that was happening from the preseason, from the first week, all of that has gone completely out the window. Some of it is personnel. Some of it is scheme, but I'm at the point where they hand the ball off and I'm basically just like cringing. Like I'm waiting for negative runs to happen right now. Um, The longest run of the day was a seven yarder from Joshua Kelly. It's bad. The the Chargers run game is, is really, really in a bad spot. Isaiah Spiller was inactive today. Elijah Dotson was cut today. It really feels like the run game is going to look completely different next year, along with a lot of other things potentially, but the run game for sure has just been a massive disappointment. And I think that's rightfully, in my opinion, where to start the show today. It was really bad and it's been bad. And there seems to be no answer for how to fix it. Yeah. There even was like an Eckler reverse today. They they tried something, I guess. And that went for negative seven yards. Yeah. Nothing works. Nothing works. The, the, the change that we're hoping for is any more Joshua Kelly. And even that's only 2.7 yards per carry. At least it's not 1.3, so there's that. There's no juice. There's no pop in in this this offense, this rushing attack. It really feels like, and especially when Austin Eckler gets the ball, although I thought he ran better before that minus seven that kind of killed some of the average. Not that it would have been a whole lot better, but they did get a few like three, four-yard chunks. But watching Eckler, it just feels like they're doing fullback dive with him at this point. Like That's what it feels like. The output they're getting feels like that fullback dive where you need one or two, and sometimes you don't even get that. The lack of displacement, the lack of execution, 
the, the I don't know what it is. And someone smarter than me would have to figure this out. But there's clearly something about the Chargers and when they run the football that gives something away where they completely feel like our defenses seem to know what's coming. Even the reverse, although that seemed more of a an execution error, but still, like the defense yeah. seems to always know when the Chargers are having are running, and it's always negative or it's always for one. It's been dreadful, and their decision. I like what they've tried to do in terms of the tight ends. They've made some changes there, but the running back group and the distribution just continues to be just Eckler and really nobody else. A little bit more Kelly, I guess. You know, he had 16 yards today, but. You know, Dotson was cut. No Isaiah Spiller active at all. They need some juice in this rushing attack. And frankly, you know, the passing game, like overall, I think was pretty solid. I think there's easily a 300-yard day in there for Justin Herbert. Yeah. But the difference between being an offensive coordinator in this league and then maybe trans- transitioning to being a head coach at some point and making that jump and teams feeling comfortable in investing in you is you got to get the run game going too. You can't just have Justin Herbert do all the things. And again, like the, I think the passing attack was better. But if you if that is your run game, nobody wants to hire you for a head coach past what with, with that. Yeah. Herbert just can't carry your resume for that one. So it's it's been dreadful. It's been awful. Um, I, I was looking at, I was waiting for the game to end. So I don't have it in front of me, but. It's one of the rush, worst rushing yards per attempt seasons, like in fifty years. Like if you look at the old, like the previous rushing yeah. worst for the Chargers, it's all nineteen seventy something, nineteen eighty something. You know, it, it's been quite a while since they had something this bad. And I don't think that they have a ton of talent at running back, but I think overall there should be enough talent where they're not like worst of the last forty years bad. So. It's a struggle, and they need to find some juice and find some pop. Because even even Ezekiel Elliott, you know his three point two yards per carry or whatever it was, three point one yards per carry, looked like twenty seven compared to the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, and Ezekiel Elliott was a guy that a lot of people wanted the Chargers to sign. They could have signed. Not to say that that would make the run game drastically different, but um, heading into this week, after if you take away Week One. The Chargers are last in the league in rushing success rate, and that was before today, and today was even worse. Um, over the last 11 weeks heading into today, this is from Daniel Popper, um, the Chargers uh, – sorry, let me make sure I get this right. Um, the Chargers are last in the league with the rushing success rate over um, the last 11 weeks. No other team – they're at 24% rushing success rate heading into the week. No other team is below 29%. Um, it, it, it's just really bad. You know, I was, I'm, I'm trying to find the statistic, um, of how, how long it's, or like Popper put it into like a historical rate. Um, I can't seem to find that one, but, um, apologies for that. But like you mentioned, it's just, it's a disaster. And again, some of it is personnel, some of it is scheme, you know, but like you mentioned at the end of the day, the buck stops with Kellen Moore. And there was a report this week from Cam Marino um, that the Carolina Panthers are are going to be interested in interviewing him for the head coaching position. Um, you know, I I don't think that they are going to have a better option than Kellen Moore. Um, in this article by Diana Rossini, they were mentioning that Ben Johnson is the Lions' offensive coordinator, is their number one candidate. 
Well, Ben Johnson had some former colleagues on that staff and they have all been texting him that it's a terrible place to work, you know? Um, so this is, the Panthers might be hiring away Kellen Moore and, and maybe in a different situation, um, the, the run game can get better. He's obviously had a strong uh, background in the run game. I believe in the scheme. I think that the scheme like has good bones. You pointed out like the one of the runs that like Jalen Guyton missed a block and he like just was kind of like standing off to the side. And it's like, yeah, that one thing stops a good run. That's mm-hmm. every Chargers run. There is always one person who is not hitting their assignment that makes a potential good Chargers run a bad Chargers run. And then they don't have right now the backs to create positive yards in those situations. You look at like what Ramondre Stevenson was on track to do. You know, he was probably on track for like 150 yards today, if we're being completely honest, because he has that ability to uh, create those yards, you know, in in a vacuum. So it's frustrating, man. Like you, you can't run the football at all today. You have all of these drops. The offense is, is honestly kind of a disaster. And then the rain prevents you from, you know, being aggressive with Cameron Dicker. So you get six points. And it's just, it's such a big disappointment to see where their run game is at. Um, you know, when Frank Smith was here in 2021, the Chargers were about 14th, 15th in the league in terms of yards per attempt and in terms of success rate, EPA per play. And that has been the best offense that we've seen under Justin Herbert. And the Chargers don't, like, you don't need the Chargers to have an elite run game with a guy like Justin Herbert. But you can't be last in the league. And Kellen Moore was brought here in a large part to fix the run game. And it's gotten significantly worse. And some of it is not his fault. Some of it is personnel. But at the end of the day, Buck stops with Kellen Moore. And this was kind of the 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 last straw, I think, in terms of the run game. They have to make significant decisions and admit to themselves. Like The, the strange thing about the Austin Eckler situation is, one statistically it's not great so you could have just made a change there regardless but sometimes you have you know biases priors draft pick status contract etc that gets in the way like you pretty much said that austin eckler is not returning next season and you at least you know you gave him you know conceded a bit in terms of the contract but it's not like eckler secured a deal and they have to figure it out with him this whole running back group is going to be completely different next year. And they don't really owe Joshua Kelly necessarily, but they need to make some sort of change. We keep suggesting this, but they got to have something. It's, it's no surprise that your best rushing outputs of, well, the preseason, obviously, and then week one and really at the beginning of the season involved Kelly a lot more, you know, in the preseason, obviously got more of Dotson. You got Spiller. They need to make a significant change. If, if they are praying and hoping at all to make the postseason, which they are, like you said, they have a 6% chance. So the Chargers are going to try to make the postseason still. Yeah. They have to make a significant change. There is no reason at this point that Austin Eckler needs to continue to be the guy that is fed rushing attempts over and, and then getting reverses no. and getting involved in different ways. And fortunately, at this point, you know, it's one thing if it were okay rushing attempts everyone's not great and it's a scheme thing is an issue thing and that, that is part of it but then Eckler the last few weeks has fumbled the game away fumbled consistently dropped passes 
Like at some point, you you, ha- you have everything yeah. you need to make the switch that you could make to at least go from, you know, really bad to just bad or bad to below average, but at least it's not terrible. And they got to do it. But for some reason, someone is not pulling that trigger and making that switch. So we're stuck with, you know, 14 carries. Now, some of this was the end of the game, but 14 carries for Austin Eckler and then just six for Kelly and then nothing for anybody else because they're cut or inactive. Yeah, you look at his since he returned, you know, there's there's a lot of statistics out there in terms of like rushing yards over expectation, yards per contact, yards after contact per attempt, yards per carry. Austin Eckler is is the bot is at the bottom of the league, and today is not going to help. Um, so last few games, he was uh, ten carries, thirty two yards against the, the against the Ravens, ten for sixty four against the Packers, who are arguably the worst run defense in the league. So that was a good performance, but nineteen for sixty seven against the Lions, that was three and a half yards per carry. Fourteen for forty seven against the Jets, three point four yards per carry. Fifteen for twenty nine against the Bears. 14 for 45 against the Chiefs, uh, 14 for 27 against the Cowboys. That's that's his since his return. Those are that's all his games as a runner. Um, so it's it's just really funny. Like I like I love Austin Eckler, um, but this is a disappointing season. And and you mentioning, you know, they're gonna try and push for the playoffs. If they beat the Broncos next week, they're six and seven. And they're right in that in the hunt graphic. So this is a team that is going to try to win these games. You have to figure out the run game um, in some aspect. Like you can't keep being last. So the only thing that you can do at this point is try and change some things up from a personnel standpoint because Austin Eckler is not cutting it. At the, you know, the end of the first half or the beginning of the second half, the reporter mentioned Staley. To me, it sounded like what she meant to say and what Staley said was they wanted, they needed to run the ball better or run the ball more effectively, but the reporter kind of just stopped at, they need to run the ball. And that's what that's reporting what Staley had said at halftime. Do you buy that Staley? I mean, he wanted, obviously both could be true. Do you buy that? The comment was just, they need to run the ball. And that's kind of why we, why we saw maybe what we got or that did the report was just kind of, incorrect i guess and not complete because it feels like they were missing a word or two in there because i don't i don't know that staley was like let's needs to run the ball who is this from it, at at halftime there was a comment from the reporter i i, I apologize for forgetting who it is oh the silent said, reporter silent reporter yeah, yeah yeah who said that um you know brandon staley said they need to run the ball they need to run the ball was the was the comment but i i can't tell if that meant they literally needed to run the ball or they just needed to run the ball better. And there's a word missing there. Because if we're at a point where Brandon Staley is kind of saying, hey, we need to run the ball, then perhaps we have some hands tied. I think there were some instances where you could see that happening. To me, if you're running a jet sweep on third and six at midfield, that's kind of like a similar call to like a draw or a screen where you're trying to just say like, Hey, let's see if we can pop one, but we're playing field position here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, some of it is also the rain. Like you're you're not going to go into this game passing the ball fifty times a game when it's 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 rainy like that uh, all day long. So, I I think Brandon Staley's hands were were definitely in, in that kind of thing. I think Kellen Moore also realized that like, hey, like we're we're just trying to 
grind some clock today. We're trying to figure some things out. Um, I, I think they definitely had the plan to run the game, but they they wanted to run the ball more against the Ravens as well. And obviously they couldn't, they weren't able to do that. So um, mm-hmm. as LD Bruin points out, Chase Daniels has said on his podcast a few times that Staley is involved in the game plans. Like he, he meets with Herbert. He meets with the offensive uh, staff. We know he meets with Kellen Moore every single week. So Brandon Staley has his hands in the offense. Like he is a he he is a quarterback at heart. Like I know he obviously came up through the ranks coaching defense, but he played quarterback. So um, mm-hmm. we know he's involved. Uh, Already, should we switch to another phase or any more? Yeah. So we can. Uh, the oh my gosh. Okay, the broadcast today was a disaster. The Morgan Cox oh, yeah. comment, uh, and then. There was like a comment about Gerald Everett and like all those years in Seattle as a free agent. And uh, I'm shocked that they got Thule's name right when he made a play. But <laughs> the broadcast was a disaster. And like you mentioned, you, you mess up Fox for Cox and then you head to a, a erectile dysfunction commercial was was pretty funny. That was that was a great combination. The broadcast was, <laughs> was certainly on one today. Yeah, Morgan Cox, which was funny. And I, I wish I could tweet specifically the spelling that i would have liked but kyle van noy went ahead and did that and was was joking <laughs> around about that yeah, to go from morgan cox right to the the drive ends with a morgan cox play which ends that drive then they go to a commercial discussing erectile dysfunction then the chargers next offensive series ends with cameron dicker it was just like <laughs> perfect that was the best game i've ever seen uh no the broadcast was was something they were show, trying to show a replay of that, um, the challenge that Staley had, and they would show the play from two plays ago, and they're yeah. like, "I don't quite see it on that one." It's like, "Yeah, that's that's a different, it's the wrong play, guys." Um, yeah, it was not great. A couple instances where they, like, they're talking about like confusing Justin Herbert or whatever at one point during the game, and I'm like, "I don't think Herbert's confused. That's not the issue with the offense right now. Yeah. It's not a confusion issue with with Herbert or Herbert at all." No. No, I thought Herbert was fantastic today. Um, he was. You know, for what it's worth, you know, the offensive line as well from a pass protection standpoint, you know, the, the Patriots don't have the same kind of guys that they usually have, but they still have Josh Uche. They still have uh, Christian Barmore. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the pass protection was fantastic really today. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of really outstanding Rashawn Slater reps that I saw, which he's yes. been really rounding back into form. Um, it Like you mentioned, if – the five drops were two. This is probably a 320 yard passing game from, from Justin Herbert, a couple of touchdowns, but you know, that's a whole, uh, another story, I guess. But overall, like there's going to be a lot of Justin Herbert narratives because they're going to look at the box scores, but mm-hmm. um, I thought Herbert was outstanding today. Yeah. 212 passing yards could have had 300 without the drops. And and really maybe they didn't have to even just run the ball out um, towards the end of the game. Love that Erickson got some of those yards at the end there. Uh, Arjun pointed out um, unofficially the Chargers only allowed, if I'm reading this right, four pressures the entire game, one pressure for everyone. And I believe the way he's phrasing it is that Pipkins allowed zero, which how a freaking Luya, we've been waiting for that one for a very long time. time. So, and, and it felt like it, right? It really, really felt like the Chargers were clean in pass protection. This is. I mean, not maybe necessarily the last time the Chargers played the Patriots, but you think to that that divisional round game where I think Rivers was hurried or pressured on like two-thirds of his passes or 75% of his passes or whatever it was. Bill Belichick has given the Chargers fits previously. 
and it was really clean today. That's got to be the cleanest pass protection operation I can recall from the yeah. Chargers against the Patriots in a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, I remember the 2020 game, unfortunately, um, and it was just like every other play, there was like a free rusher and Justin Herbert's. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that one, it was it was worse than even like the prime Patriots. So um, the pass protection was really good today. I thought Herbert was great today. Um, these are the kind of games where you really appreciate Justin Herbert's nature to avoid negative mm -hmm. plays. Um, outside of the zone read decision, um, yeah. I thought he was fantastic. Um, didn't take any sacks. He had a couple, a couple risky throws, but you know, nothing that was like completely outlandish. You know, he had some great ball placements on some of the drops. Um, unfortunately, you know, Donald Parham, Quentin Johnston, Austin Eckler, like you throw those passes to perfection and your guys drop them again on uh, potentially, you know, drive extending plays. And it just was, was brutal. So there's going to be a lot of narratives this week. Uh, if you're a Justin Herbert internet defender, um, I like how uh, Arjun got to jump on that talking about his, his leadership as he always does every single week in a, in a sarcastic tone. Um, but, uh, prepare yourself, I guess, because there's going to be a lot of, you know, he doesn't put up numbers when he needs to and all this shit, but, uh, he was, he was easily, you know, <laughs> two drops away from having a, a pretty big day today. So um, I thought Herbert was outstanding. It's really unfortunate that Quentin dropped that third down conversion because he was having his, his best day. That, that was his career high in receiving yards. And if he had caught that pass, it would have been, you know, that much more. And, and we'll see what happens there. But um, and a very untimely drop from Quentin Johnson. And same thing with Donald Parham, who had two drops today mm -hmm. and both were on third downs. Yeah, it sucks in a game where I'm sure 10 different Chargers and Patriots players dropped the football today at least once. That Quentin Johnson also was one of those players because it, it was, you know, pretty solid overall. Um, JC Jackson definitely got the best of him on a slant. But otherwise, like, you know, Johnston was, he had produced okay today. He had a pulse. They went to him. He caught the football more than once. Yeah. And it was good to see. And, it's a real bummer. Jalen Guyton cost them on, on that third and short on their third run of the day. There was also that play on the outside that was a really quick flip to Quentin Johnson on the outside. Or if Jalen Guyton did really anything to get in the way of the defensive back, yeah. I think we're talking about like almost a completely different game where Quentin Johnson had on the screen nothing yeah. but yeah, nothing but open field around him. Uh, which is like that's what I want to see. And I think he still picked up, you know, a good chunk of yards or even a first down, but there was so much more that could have been had. But yeah, that drop. Another unfortunate one, you know, it, you're, it's excusable when you're Keenan Allen and you have had your hundredth reception of the season, and you you up until this point, you know, seem to be on pace for All Pro. Yeah, but yeah, Quentin Johnson, you can't be known for drops and then have a drop on a third down, no less. And so that, that's the other tough part about this offense is, you know, it is on Kellen Moore to get this offense to execute. It is on him to keep the operation clean. At the same time, it is it has been very difficult the last few weeks to really evaluate some of this offense because guys are just dropping passes. So if you keep like Parham's was in field goal range, if he had caught that, he caught it the thirty. They could have at least had a field goal or a touchdown there. Quentin Johnson, he catches that third and twelve, that puts him in field goal range at least. It's just so difficult to try to evaluate this offense when also yeah. there's these execution issues. Yeah, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about prize picks. PrizePix is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using prize picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. Yeah, man, it was really close to a potentially big Herbert day, but you know we'll see what happens here. Um, all right, let's uh, let's switch gears here. Uh, talk about the defense, which I think uh, showed out pretty well today. Um, you know, the, the Patriots are are definitely not you know like a well oiled machine or anything like that. Um, but we felt like heading into the, into this game that this was potentially a a Jets light situation where if you can stop the run. If you can get this team into third and long, then the pass rush should be able to get home. And I felt like in the first half, there were like six or seven times where Khalil, Thule, Morgan were really, really close to, you know, getting home on Bailey Zappi. And then in the second half, that just like kind of it, it, it just has a snowball effect similar to like turnovers when that starts to happen. Um, so Khalil gets his two sacks, Derwin, Khalil, uh, Derwin and Eric Kendricks, excuse me, each mm-hmm. get a sack. 
Um, was Thule the other one? No, it was Justin Hollins. Justin Hollins had the fifth one. Yes. Um, Thule was close on a couple other ones. But, um, you know, those five sacks, it, it, it changes the game. And the amount of times that they were able to hit Bailey Zappi in those third and, and, and fourth and long situations, um, it just changes the game. And, you know, the one thing the broadcast did well was on that fourth down, they pointed out that, you know, Hunter Henry was open for a conversion, but Khalil Mack got pressure. It changed Bailey Zappi's launch point. And then it gave Isang Bassi and Eric Kendricks time to uh, get there for a recovery. So this was really the pass rush. The pass rush won them the game, in my opinion, alongside J.K. Scott in his career day. So Klumak gets his 15th sack of the season, and he's really having a, a truly incredible season at age 32. So shout out to Kent Khalil and the pass rush for uh, holding it down today. Yeah, it was really great to see from this group. I know it's... It's tough to not roll your eyes as a fan if you're looking at, you know, the, who they played. I understand that we've also just kind of been fooled by this defense and the pass rush before, considering who they've played, you know, holding the Jets to only six, the Bears to 10 or whatever it was. But still, like, a shutout is a shutout. And yeah. regardless, they've played some really bad offenses. And that's still their only their first one since since 2017. So it, it was a tremendous overall performance. It was close at points. I think Bill Belichick also could have just taken a field goal there, although their draft pick, Ryland, has not been consistent either. So maybe it's not, it's not much of a gimme there. But still, the defense holding the Patriots to zero points is really tremendous. And Khalil Mack, I'm very curious where he's at now in terms of, let's say, like TJ Watts, you know, defensive player of the year kind of season, or some of these edge rushers who have won defensive mm. player of the year. I don't know that he'll get maybe the pressure totals necessarily, and I don't know that you get a lot of credit if your team doesn't make the postseason and you know, the defense overall isn't very good. But Khalil Mack is somebody who is now in defensive player of the year contention. He kind of was last week, right? But now you're really starting to see as he strung together another two-sack performance. You look at who they have left. I mean, the Broncos apparently were terrorized by Will Anderson today. Um, who had two mm-hmm. sacks at least. and, and he Oh, Mike McGlinchey another- is one of the worst offensive tackles in the league right now. Right, and they get to play the Broncos twice, and Russell Wilson isn't exactly you know, fleet of foot and young anymore. They get to right. play the Raiders again. Like there's, We talked about it on the Charger channel last week about Kalimak getting close to the sack record, if not breaking it. If, he, if other guys help him out and, and coverage holds up, which we'll see how it does against the Broncos, I really think Kalimak is going to get there, man. He's, he's currently on the pace, too. And he's got some really bad tackles coming up. And, and frankly, I think Khalil Mack looks better, quicker, uh, more bend to him, more, not effort. He just seems, he seems younger as the season has gone along than he yeah. did at the beginning of the year. Uh, he's obviously sick of losing and it really shows. So I, he's, he's impressive, man. We have not seen anything like this. I mean, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, We've really celebrated like these, you know, 13, 14 sack kind of seasons as being really big. And they were, they are. But we have, when was the last time we saw something, anything close to where Mac is going to end up, which is pushing 20 sacks? The Chargers have never had anything even close to that in the last few years. So um, someone ought to let me know, I guess. But yeah, Khalil Mack on pace for 20 sacks is tremendous. And I wish it were in a better season. Yeah, it's really a shame that uh, it's essentially being wasted. But um, 
you know, if you look at just the pro football focus era, I tweeted this out uh, last week. The best pass rush season the Chargers have had is is Joey in 2019 when he got, um, mm-hmm. I think it was 70, I think it was 79 pressures or 78 pressures. And he had, um, I think it was like 32 combined hits between sacks and, and actual hits. And Khalil is on pace to to dust those numbers. You know, he's on pace right now to have like a truly crazy scene. We don't know what the pressure numbers are going to be from today. I feel like watching the broadcast that he was probably at like eight or nine pressures plus the two so, sacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to guess right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But it, it it's it's crazy. Like to put this into context of like the kind of season he's happening. So. Let's say he he finishes at 19 sacks. Like, let's just say he kind of slows down, like, whatever. Like, 19 is the final number. So, four sacks remaining is, is the season. The amount of players who have had at least 19 sacks at age 30 or above is one. Robert Mathis in 2013 had 19 and a half. He's the only other player who would end up above 19 sacks, above 30. Like, if he hits 20... He's the only 30-year-old and above to hit more than 19 sacks. Like, what he's doing at his age is crazy. Like, this is this is potentially more impactful from a statistical standpoint than his defensive player of the year campaign. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that year he, he hit, like, close to 100 pressures, but he didn't have the sack numbers. And he, and he had, like, I think three more run stops today. Like he, yeah. he walloped Ezekiel Elliott one time. In the he hole. did. <laughs> this is this is truly like potentially Kilimak's best season at age thirty-two. It's mm-hmm. it's so unfortunate that this is being wasted uh, on this kind of season. You know, it, it, and Joey's not healthy, and you know it, it is what it is from a pastor standpoint. But I just like I have such a high respect for what Khalil is doing. Because he is, you know, there was a quote uh, earlier this week that he was talking to Quentin Johnson about his rookie season and like mm. trying to like prop him up. You know, he's propping Khalil, he's propping Thule up and teaching him everything he knows. Like he's carrying this defense on days like today. Like I just, I have such a high opinion this year of of what Khalil Mack is doing. Like I don't know what the future holds. I hope he's able to get an extension and stay on this team. Um, but he's, he's becoming one of my favorite chargers ever because of what he's doing this season. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a treat to watch what he's able to do, uh, right now. And, and he deserves a ton of respect. I don't think he's going to get defensive player of the year. You know, the, the chargers would have to win the rest of their games and make the playoffs and, and they would, and things like that. Um, you know, over these guys who are legitimately in the playoff hunt, but he definitely deserves to be mentioned. Like you like said earlier, um, it's just like, I really, I, I, I love watching Khalil Mack. He's like the one thing that has kept me watching the defensive tape <laughs> back and watch the Packers yeah. tape, uh, you know, previously, basically because I wanted to see like what Khalil was doing. So he's having such a special season and I've loved watching it, even if it's kind of a lost season right now. I'm glad you said it because I really was starting to feel that today and really the last few weeks and just, He's so impressive overall. The press conferences, you watch him, he's so impressive. Very yeah. careful with what he says. But someone like you can tell, I'm sure, he gets in front of everybody on the team. Everyone shuts up and listens. And it, he yeah, just commands. He he's just has a kind of presence that feels almost throwback. I don't know. There's something about 
it, it, part of it's his age too. He's not a young player. He's been around the league for a while. He's a veteran. There's just something about him that just feels like I he just greatness. It really is just greatness on, on the screen and on the field, off the field. And, and like you said, he's becoming one of your favorite chargers. And I, I completely agree what you're seeing from him and what he's been able to do. You know, I listen, Dustin Hopkins, I, I joke, but like he's kind of a legend low key because he's a guy who was injured and kicked the chargers to a, a win against Denver. You know, yeah. fans love players like that who through adversity against all odds or just by themselves because no one else will do it they pull their team to being you know something or at least their yeah. their side of the football is any bit better because of them yeah. and what Kulamak has been doing it, it's just it truly is special we don't always get to witness greatness with the chargers we don't always get to witness the greatness of one particular player at their position Right. In their prime, like not really in their prime necessarily, but in their prime because that's what Kalimak is is at right now. Yeah, um, it's just it's really great to witness greatness and also just love him so much for who he is off the field. He's he's been. It stinks that this is the season and it, it potentially a lost season and a lost season for everyone because at the end of the day, I hope this is something that Chargers. I don't think it'll always hit like this every time. But that trade for Khalil Mack, while it didn't specifically change the fortunes of the team in terms of what's given up and what you're now getting, that's one of the best acquisitions and moves and trades I can remember for a team. I mean, this is, if you're looking at even just the Telesco era, this is right up there, if not surpassing at this point, like the Casey Hayward signing, that specific move that was made at yep. this point, looks genius. It was pretty solid last year, and even like still pretty good at the beginning of this year. But like, it looks genius right now. It's an unfortunate. It's in a lost season and lost for for many people. Yeah, I think like you can hear it in the way people like his teammates are talking about him. Like, if he is able to stick around, and we'll see what happens after the season. Um, it, it, it's a very similar influence to like what Keenan has meant to the offense, where. Whoever you ask in terms of a young player, whether it is Tyro Williams or whether it's Mike Williams or Josh Palmer or Keen or Justin Herbert or even the offensive linemen, like they all know that like Keenan is the guy. Keenan is the one who's carrying everything right now. He's the leadership. He's the tone setter. Um, we know what we can count on him. And then also, by the way, like he's producing at an elite level. That's how Khalil Mack has been for this team right now. The leadership. The production, it's all just like at a really, really high level. I just wish there were more people matching that right now um, because what he's doing is insane. Again, if it, if if he had just had a similar season to last year, you know, you're still talking about a very productive, very solid move from the trade. You're only talking about, you know, second and a sixth round pick. But you're looking at this as the Chargers trading a second and a sixth round pick for a guy who has had potentially 30 sacks over two seasons, you know, a guy who has had the ability to really like set the culture and be an example for all of these players and like change the leadership of the players right now. Um, I just wish it meant more. Like I, I, I wish that the chargers were able to give him a season where they were contending for the playoffs, a season where he could get into that situation again, where he's able to have that playoff moment, um you know like he did uh for like that one season with the bears so you know and he's talked about that he wants to win he wants to get to the playoffs he wants to win a super bowl 
And uh, it sucks that it's not happening. Same thing for Keenan. You know, Hunter, mm-hmm. Keenan had his 100th reception today in the third quarter of that game. And now there's five more games for him to to do this. Like, he, Keenan could potentially <laughs> hit Michael Thomas's record for the reception. And I wouldn't all be surprised that, you know, either. I don't think Keenan's going to lead the league in receiving yards after what Tyree killed it today. <laughs> no. Um, thank you, Commanders, for that one. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> you, Washington. Um, but it's just it, it's it sucks, man, that Keenan and Khalil, these two like franchise cornerstone players are having career seasons at their ages and it's it's kind of going to waste. So it, it sucks. But Khalil deserves so much respect. He deserves all the praise. I know nobody's going to want to vote for pro bowlers, but please go vote for Khalil Mack to be a pro bowler. Yeah. Please go vote mm-hmm. for Keenan Allen to be a pro bowler because those two players absolutely deserve the recognition for the seasons that they're having. If you had told me now, you probably would have also told me Lindsay went down and Williams went down and Palmer went down. But if you had told me Keenan Allen is potentially having an all pro season, whether he's voted or not, let's say a pro bowl year. Sure. Khalil Mack was on pace to break the sack record. And Justin Herbert, other than the finger issue has been healthy all year. And the offensive line in general was healthy. I tell you, where's the Super Bowl again? You know, where, yeah. are, we, where are we flying to? What At minimum, you're expecting probably the opposite record right now of seven and sure. Five. Yeah, right. And, and special teams is still good. It's not like that's been the yeah. issue. Special teams is it, great today. <laughs> special teams is awesome today. Uh, what was the last game J.K. Scott was really good and where everything else was bad? Was that the Jets game? Uh, yes. Yes. There, yeah. Was there was some game where like. The offense was terrible, but J.K. Scott was on fire. J.K. Uh, Scott, he's he's not an elite punter by any means, but he's capable like once every four games of putting out a game like this, and and in the rain too. Like, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, I, I'm pretty sure he's under contract next season. I don't know if they'll keep him or not, but um, again, Ryan Ficken, shout out, what a legend, man, has has completely <laughs> turned this, this season around. Um, haven't mentioned him yet too, but Darius Davis, uh, without yes. that. 24 yard return the chargers probably don't kick that field goal uh in the two minute situation so um darius davis has has sparked the chargers offense more than uh, more than one occasion obviously he had the touchdown against the jets so this special teams unit is uh continuing to be fantastic yep. dean leonard aj finley had some really cool uh moments as gunners i saw michael davis out there as the gunner he was the one who was trying to track the ball on the the, the punt to the two yard line so uh, you know, uh, also for what it's worth, Dean Leonard is the Charter Special Teams Pro Bowl nomination. Um, I think he deserves it as a gunner. I think he's a fantastic gunner. Um, had some rough moments today in coverage, but it is what it is. Yeah. The, uh, what else is new? The Charger Special Teams Unit, regardless of how the offense performs, the defense performs, Special Teams Unit is always good. I am curious if when the offense is struggling, Darius Davis takes more attempts regardless of how things look. I mean, obviously it was very early in the game against the Jets, so he'll never really know. Um, it's not like he he just he just returned to the first one that he got for a touchdown. But in this game, the offense needed it and Darius Davis once again delivers for them. I'm curious where he'll stand at the end of the season, but um it's a shame. You know, you got Tooley making great plays, Darius Davis making great plays. Uh this draft class is so close to being a really, really good one that just one particular pick needs to needs to start gelling a bit more but anyway special teams both your field goals nothing was particularly difficult in terms of range but there was the weather aspect darius davis 18.3 yards per return on punt returns uh jk scott had eight punts today which kind of stinks um with some really really great direction in the puns that was amazing 
punt returns for the Patriots. So their kick return had two yards. So Jalen Rager had a two-yard kickoff return. Because sure. he like uh he botched the the uh oh okay kickoff. like he kind of dropped it for a little bit. Was that the first play? The first kickoff return? No, it was um it was after their second field goal in the second half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was doing my laundry then. <laughs> um, yeah, Patriots punt returns. Yeah. Number of attempts. So wait, so they have two returns for zero yards? From a punt return standpoint, yeah, because uh I don't think I don't think JK gave them any opportunity to to have any returnable punts. Jeez. Well, great, 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 great day overall for the special teams. Yeah, 100 percent Um, one thing I do want to get back to here, uh, Justin Hollins uh has yes. been a real X factor for this team. I think he's shown some real flashes. Um, I think what he has been able to do for the last three weeks is is certainly meriting consideration to bring him back next season um he's got kind of a a diverse pass rush bag for somebody who is it was on the practice squad he had mm -hmm. a cross chop last week on ronnie stanley that kind of made me sit up out of my chair when i watched it on film <laughs> um today he had another great move i can't remember if it was a cross chop or just kind of a a, a swipe on uh trent brown on his sack mm -hmm. um but he's shown some real flashes and Guys like Justin Hollins are why you kind of lean into some player development and young players because you never know if you can kind of work your way into somebody, you know, becoming a, a, a crucial piece here. So um, right now, if the edge room were fully healthy, I would I would advocate for Justin Hollins as edge four. I think he's really been a guy who's shown a lot of flashes. He's played the run well. He's had some good pass rush moves too. So I definitely wanted to get give him a shout out because he's shown some real – juice as a pass rusher for this team over the last few weeks and uh and uh no surprise he's another coach ed guy so uh appreciate <laughs> justin hollins and coach ed for uh you know coming out here and, and showing out for the chargers yeah the trajectory has been nice i don't expect it to be significantly better given the number of reps but going from you know getting acclimated to two pressures last week to at least one sack this week and i don't know how many pressures is really strong and we're at a point where the Chargers will need to start leaning into these kind of not midseason acquisitions, but players like a Justin Hollins yeah. to fill out their roster. I mean, they're going to have potentially six or seven new defensive starters next year. Well, yeah. I don't believe you all just go out and find Hollins and then that's your starter. You know, a guy like that, not always, but you got to start hitting on guys like this. And now you have a pattern of and, and give Staley and the defense a credit for this. Kyle Van Noy, Morgan Fox, Bryce Callahan, who I still don't get why he's not signed. Probably early, but still like Justin Hollins, to an extent, Dean Marlowe, Jalen Hawkins. Yeah. These guys, all sort of veteran guys that you picked up along the way. And while they're maybe not like 17-game legit high-end starters, they've been able to contribute, or some of them even be a starter and contribute, really, really well over the last couple of seasons. So. Uh, we talked about draft takeaways specifically, but one takeaway from the regime overall, regardless of what happens next, is that like you really should lean into guys like this because you, you don't have the money next year. Yeah. So I guess they have no choice. So we'll see a lot of op opportunities like this, but it's some positivity moving forward, especially at Edge, where Giff Smith just continues to make it work. Yeah, Giff Smith is a guy who I would love for him to just stick around for the Chargers for however long he wants to coach because, you know, he's able to just really get the most out of these guys uh, for the most part. Um, but, you know, getting production from a guy like Justin Hollins, that's the kind of stuff you need because mm -hmm. 
right now, Thule and Khalil Mack, I saw the snap counts from the last two weeks. They're playing like 85% of the game right now. So if Justin Hollins can give you some production and, and give you 20 snaps instead of 10 and because he's and and produced, like it's huge because then it keeps it keeps Khalil, it keeps Thule fresh. You know, you're allowed to to do the rotation. And so you know, that is one thing that is has been a positive from a player development standpoint over the last few weeks. You know, they they kind of got away from the like three edge rush package with Morgan Fox from a pass rush standpoint. It was back today. So I think that was kind of an indication that they are are starting mm. to to trust uh, Justin Hollins a little bit more in key situations. Um, I think Thule, one of his almost sacks today was was out of that package. So. I'm mm-hmm. um, curious to see the numbers there. Obviously, Arjun has pointed this out, but the combination of Joey, Khalil, Thule, and Morgan Fox was one of the 10 best defensive line combinations in terms of in terms of pressure percentage of the season. So losing that has been a big deal for them, I think. But um, if they could get that back in the form of Justin Hollins, then great. I think you are are moving in the right direction again from a pass rush standpoint. Yeah, last year they only needed Chris only, and I'm not saying it was because of him, but Chris Rump was part of their strongest rotation of four in terms of like pressure rate, stunt rate, etc. So if Hollins can just slide in and be even a better version of Chris Rump in passing situations, I'm not saying the defense is going to be great, but like at least you get the rush you want, like the rush plan that you want to have in place, which is set forth by Gibbs Smith. It's there, so at least you have that every week. Yeah. Um, Tyler, anybody else you want to give a, a quick shout out to? I think we're at 49 minutes. So we'll probably wrap up the show here in a bit, but, uh, anyone else you sure. want to give a shout out? Yeah. Eric Hendricks. Uh, I mm-hmm. think his by far his most productive day overall. I think he had a pass breakup, but it could be wrong. Um, or maybe just like he hit the guy on, on fourth down there to end the game, sort of, um, a couple of really good pressures, good tackles overall, two tackles for loss, the sack, um, knocked over Zeke a couple of times for a pressure. So. Really, really good game from him overall. I think his most impactful, I feel like, all around. Yeah, that pass breakup looks like that was credited to Bassey, but I think Eric Kendricks okay. was really the one who like affected the play more than than Bassey did. Mm-hmm. So that's a good call. Yeah, that was great to see. I don't remember how much I saw of Murray, but that's fine. I think Derwin was, obviously Derwin had that sock. That was great. Pretty solid game from him. I do like some of what Dean Leonard has been doing. You you live with the struggles and hope that yeah some of those things get fixed. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was one toe away from another sixty yards or something, whatever it was, allowed to him. It was but almost an insane catch by Devontae Parker. Yes, uh, it was very very. Uh, the whole game was very very close on a couple of occasions to just yeah. completely flipping. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm curious what they what they have in, in Leonard, who I feel like is at least very active in tackling yeah uh to your point eric kendricks had 10 total tackles he was credited with one sack one additional quarterback hit um Mm -hmm. and two tackles for loss so productive day for him you mentioning dean leonard's uh tackling aspect of things he had eight total tackles today so he was uh third on the team in tackles ahead of kenneth murray um Mm -hmm. so it was I, I think, again, you know, talking about the Justin Hollins thing, like Dean Leonard is why you kind of lean into some things because, yes, he had some some tough moments. There was a the uh, pass interference call, which I felt like was a little ticky-tacky because I thought Devontae Parker was was pretty physical with him too. And then uh, Parker caught it and was kind of like banged up a little bit. 
Um, but outside of that, I thought he was in good position for the most part. He's a very willing tackler. Um, he's one of the better gunners in the league. So Dean Leonard, it, it's not somebody who becomes a difference maker, but if you can just in the future, trust him as like a, as the primary backup outside corner and he's your best gunner. That's a guy who can stay in the league for a really long time. That's a guy who can play some valuable football for you. So, you know, I, I there are some other young guys who I think deserve some some of that kind of playing rotation. I would love to see like what Dayon Henley has to give to this team, for example. I would love to see Scott Madlock get some more run. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But um, Nick Williams had a hell of a run stop as well uh, mm-hmm. that saved one of the, the Chargers' drives. So he's been. He's been productive. He has like one play a game where he like he really shoots in the backfield and, and has just like a really outstanding rep. So, you know, again, a, a veteran who comes in and has some some really solid rotation for this team. He doesn't play a lot. He's only like 20, 25 snaps a game. But, you know, he's he's been definitely better than expected so far. Um, the defensive line in whole, I thought, played pretty well today. Yeah, they did. I, I still am surprised by Zeke's outfit being 3.1 yards. It felt like more. Maybe they just got a couple of... There were some negative balls. plays that definitely affected that. Yeah, because it certainly felt better. Though, though he, I guess maybe it was more the 4 for 40 in the passing game. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, pretty good effort overall. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll have a lot more on the Chargers channel later this week. Um, definitely wanted to... Get this up, obviously, and uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. So uh, that was a little bit more positive than I thought it ended up being. So obviously I had to talk about Kellen Moore and like the run struggles and things like that to start the show. Um, but, you know, when you're seeing historic stuff like Clomac, I guess that that makes sense. So um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we'll be live or not live. Excuse me. Uh, we'll have the Chargers channel on Wednesday. Alex Insdorf, who's in the chat now, is going to have his bolt breakdowns as usual tomorrow. So please go check that out. Uh, the five and seven Chargers take on the Broncos next week. So we'll see what happens there. Divisional game at home should be potentially fun. I think that'll be more high scoring than today, for sure. I can't imagine next week is 6 0. So hopefully we get a little bit more of uh, an entertaining game next week. Brandon Staley versus Joe Lombardi. It's an all-timer, <laughs> baby. Yes, the, the two old buddies going at it, although Sean Payton's obviously the, the play caller there. But, you know, coaching narratives and discussions should be fun next week. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Hope you have a, a good rest of your Sunday. Um, we'll, we'll talk soon again. And as always, bolt up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.